With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And I'm Jason Lipschutz, Billboard's Senior Director of Music. Well, hello, Jason. Welcome oh, back. Oh, Keith, look at that. I didn't even see you over there. How's it going? Well, <laughs> well, you, you can't see me because I'm in a completely different <laughs> state. Um, uh, Jason's back, uh, filling in for uh, the, uh, vac- no, not vacationing, maternity needing. Is that a word? <laughs> that, is the, that is the correct term, I believe. Uh, for Katie Atkinson, who is on maternity leave, but of course, uh, longtime Pop Shop listeners will know Jason uh, because Jason and I started off the Pop Shop together more than yeah. six years ago, and now we are back. I'm very happy to be back, and uh, thanks for having me back as always, Keith. And I'm very happy for Katie, um, who is a dear friend, and you know I I hope I hope to just do her proud uh, over the next couple months. All right. As always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news about Deep Breath, Young Boy Never Broke Again, Travis Scott and Kid Cudi, Camila Cabello, DaBaby, Megan Thee Stallion, Beyonce, Doja Cat, Nicki Minaj, Drake, and Kenny Chesney. It's <sighs> a lot of people. It's a lot of names. Yeah. It's a lot of names. Plus, Keith, we will be sharing with you a portion of my recent chat with Ad Rock and Mike D of the Beastie Boys, who recently released their documentary, Beastie Boys Story, on Apple TV+. I'm, I'm really excited to share that. But First, Keith, before we get going, it's it. I, I love saying this. If you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you never, ever miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcast. Wow, it, it, it was a while since I've said those sentences and it felt just felt like riding a bike. Just it just feel it feel it feels you feel at home, you know, yeah. feels comfortable. Feels like um, I'm back in the shop. Yeah. Well, first up, uh, let's do the chart chat. On the Billboard 200 albums chart, we've got a baby boom uh, because rapper (laughs) Youngboy Never Broke Again debuts at number one with his new album, 38 Baby 2. It bumps DaBaby's Blame It On Baby from number one down to number two on the chart. Don't cry for DaBaby, though. He actually hits Uh... number one on a different chart this week, but more on that in just a second. Um, But... With Youngboy bowing at number one 
uh, with 67,000 equivalent album units earned in the week ending April 30th. Of course, according to Nielsen Music MRC data, Youngboy actually clocks his second number one, and both of those number ones have come within less than seven months of one another. Um, he was last atop the chart uh, just last October with uh, AI Youngboy 2. But wait, there's more. I've got a couple fun uh, baby-related factoids for you. For the first time ever, the numbers one and two albums on the Billboard 200 have the word baby in their titles. Since number one, we've got 38 Baby 2, and at number two, we've got Da Baby's Blame It On Baby. Here's another number, uh, another fun baby fact. It's the first time an album with the word baby in its title has replaced another number one album with baby in its title. And 38 Baby 2 is just the fifth number one album with baby in its title. It follows, of course, Da Baby's Blame It On Baby just from a week ago. Hosier's Wasteland Baby from last year, Britney Spears with Baby One More Time, and U2's Achtung Baby in 1991. Well, next week, watch for either Drake or Kenny Chesney to debut at number one on the Billboard 200 with their latest albums, which were both released on May 1st. It's feeling like Drake has the edge here, but you never know how the week will shake out. Uh, Drake's new project, Dark Lane Demo Tapes, is heavy, on the streaming side, while Kenny's new album, Here and Now, is big with album sales driven by a ticket bundle album sale redemption offer with his upcoming stadium tour. Now, while I don't know who will be number one definitively, what I do know is that if Drake does debut at number one, it will be his 10th number one. And if Kenny starts at number one, it will be his ninth. Jason, have you listened to the Drake project yet? And is it is it something that casual Drake fans can enjoy? Because it seems like it's kind of positioned as like an odds and sods demo kind of thing. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a really strong project for being kind of like an odds and ends collection because you know not only do you have these these Lucy songs that he's put out over the past few months, but you also have you know a number one smash with Two C Slide is is on there, and you also have some some great new stuff as well. I, there's a song. D4L uh, featuring Young Thug and Future. That's just an awesome new posse cut. Um, there's a, a highly controversial collaboration with Playboy Cardi that so, half the internet loves and half the internet hates. I'm, I, I kind of love it. Come on, it's it's fun. And then, yeah, like I said, you have some stuff uh, from you know earlier this year that, that is strong enough that it's, it's worth kind of revisiting ahead of this new project coming later this summer, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's an alleged studio album, like a proper studio album that Drake is promising to come later this summer because apparently he releases a lot of albums where they aren't studio albums, but they're mixtapes or collections or reissues just to keep us guessing. Yeah, and th- he's done this before. I, I mean, if you're reading this, It's Too Late was kind of positioned in this way, kind of a, a grab bag of, of material. And then that kind of preceded Views, which was a, a kind of a proper album. I personally like, if you're reading this, it's too late more than Views. So, you know, who knows, like Dark Lane demo tapes might actually be the stronger project, even if whatever he has coming this summer is, is kind of more quote unquote mainstream. So we'll see what happens. Early hot take from Jason. You got it. You got it exclusively Ooh, on the pop shop. Look at that. Lastly, we've got a number of tidbits about our song charts this week, uh, including a number one debut on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. 
Coming in at number one on the Hot 100 is the new single from Travis Scott and Kid Cudi titled The Scots. Why is it called The Scots, you may ask? Well, Travis Scott is named Travis Scott and Kid Cudi's actual first name is Scott, so I'm guessing that's probably why it's called The Scots, unless Jason suddenly has another reason that I haven't thought of. It's just so funny because I, I, I picture this kind of like light bulb moment between them, it, like yeah. Travis and, and Kid Cudi sitting around. It's like, what if we formed a duo called the Scots? Because your first name and my last name and and they just like high fived over it. It seems like a really nice moment. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it's exactly how it happened. Um, well, the song, uh, the song, The Scots, was launched as part of Travis's virtual performance in-game experience with Fortnite uh, last Friday. Um, a virtual version of Scott performed the track in the game, along with a couple other hits. And the event helped draw the largest in-game gathering ever in Fortnite, with more than 12 million concurrent players logged into the game during the event. Now, The Scots is Travis's third number one on the Hot 100, and it's actually Kid Cudi's first, which actually isn't that terribly surprising. He hasn't had a whole lot of mainstream like success, so kudos to Kid Cudi for getting his first number one. Uh, the track begins with 42.2 million streams and 67,000 in sales in the week ending April 30th, along with 5.5 million in radio audience in the week ending May 3rd. Moving on. Staying with the Hot 100, Megan the Stallion gets her first top 10 as Savage surges to a new high thanks to a new remix of the track featuring Beyonce. You may have heard of her. Uh, the track zooms from number 14 to number 4 following the release of the remix on April 29th. Now, the new chart only reflects less than two days of streaming and sales activity for the track as our sales and streaming week for the newest chart ended on April 30th. So, Watch for another likely big gain next week. Could she threaten number one? I don't know. We shall see. In other remix news, Doja Cat dropped a new remix of her Say So last Friday featuring Nicki Minaj. So that song could also see a big jump on the tally next week. And it's already top 10. So who knows? There could be a battle brewing in the top three between Doja Cat and uh, Megan Thee Stallion. I don't know. We shall see next week. Uh, last thing, over on the Pop Songs Airplay chart, Camila Cabello uh, lands her fifth number one as My Oh My featuring Baby. we mentioned him at the top of the show, uh, jumps to number one. She previously led the list with Senorita with Shawn Mendes, Never Be the Same, Havana featuring Young Thug, and Bad Things with Machine Gun Kelly. Congratulations, friend of the podcast, Camila. Yeah, it's it's interesting, Keith. I I wanted to quickly bring this up. You had all of these remixes launch in like a like a forty eight hour frame. You have Megan Thee Stallion tapping Beyonce for a remix of Savage. You have the Say So remix featuring Nicki Minaj. Then you have also Camila remixed My Oh My with uh, it already had to baby on it, but now she added Gunna, another another uh, pretty big rapper. Um, you know, you, you figure that maybe this is to try to push these songs up to number one, and maybe at least in the case of My Oh My to get it into the top 10 for Camilla. I think it's kind of interesting. Yeah. It's, I mean, they, they, uh, maybe they're all looking at the chart and saying it's a little bit soft, at least after this week, it'll be soft once the Scots, you know, subsides. Would you say that, uh, in honor of, you know, all these remixes, it's almost like we remix the pop shop with me, uh, with you, Keith featuring me, Jason. Um, Yes. I would say that. 
you, you know, I was stretching a little bit there. Okay, anyway, we got to get to this. Um, it's time for a moment. Uh, I'm very excited about this with Ad Rock and Mike D of the Beastie Boys. A little over a month ago, I interviewed the guys over a Zoom video chat uh, for a Q&A about their recently released documentary film, Beastie Boys Story. Um, you can check out the full interview uh, at billboard.com right now. Uh, but we, we had some fun bits uh, it was such a fun chat with the guys. Uh, we wanted to share a little taste of the interview and some excerpts that didn't make the uh, the full Q&A that you can see online, uh, including a, a funny exchange about um, the lack of haircuts during a pandemic. I, I got a little shaggy um, bef- while I was doing this Q&A. My hair was still pretty long. Recently, uh, Keith, I had my wife kind of give me a haircut um, so I'm feeling a little bit better, but, but back when we did this interview, it was a little bit shaggy. So anyway, um, Beastie Boys, one of my favorite groups growing up, it was such a blast and a bucket list item, uh, to talk to the guy. So here are, uh, some highlights of my chat with the Beastie Boys. You gotta fight for your right to Good morning, Mike. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? How is your hair doing something weird? It's a hat, Adam. Oh my God! It makes your hair look like that hat. Do you want me to change hats? Is that gonna be yes. a bad hat? Bad hat yes. for me? Yes. Either pull it down or take it off. You've got a you've got a wonderful thick little head of hair, Mike. Flaunt it. No, but it's a mess right now. I need a haircut. Here, is that better? I pulled it down. How of a mess could it be? Your hair is like a pillow print. Same every day. It's, it's an out-of-control Brillo pad. It's not a tamed Brillo pad. You know, you, you're used to seeing a very tight, highly groomed... You know, I'm kind of like the white Jalen Rose, Adam. Okay. Uh, of all of the people to pick, Jalen Rose? Okay. <laughs> well, he's always had a very... He's always got a very well-groomed head of hair. Uh, Mike, can you see me okay? It's uh, Jason from Billboard. Yes. Yes, Jason, um, you're... A uh, little, little bit of hot spot on the schnoz. You know, you might want to just... Your lighting... Just, you know, maybe have them put, like, a, a soft filter or something. I don't know. It's kind of, Yeah, know. maybe just powder. Okay. Powder. Here we go. Do you have the t- makeup team? Yeah. <laughs> let me... Yeah. My uh, my remote makeup team. Yeah. That is a... Uh, Vaseline on it. Yeah. That's what I need. Um, right. No. I'm, I'm honestly terrified. I need a haircut, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to get a haircut for, like, months. I... Uh, well, you were just discussing I need a haircut. I think there's got to be a lot. All right, so guys, let's let's put our heads. We we can three of us can make a lot of money right now. <laughs> What's like this going to be the Zoom type solution for people getting their haircuts? Who can't get their hair? I mean, there's a world of billions of people that now cannot get their haircuts. Yeah, I, that's interesting. I have clippers. I was thinking about shaving my head, but you could do it. I know. I, I was thinking that too. I'm sure it's on YouTube, Michael, but you could have someone go step through step, yeah. Oh, you know what? You know what? The, the timing is right for the the vacuum hair cutter thing to come back. The Flo-B. the late night, the Flowbee might yeah. be the right time. Wait, what the? What is the vacuum hair cutter thing? I I have to. <laughs> when when we were kids, like on on TV late night, there would be infomercials. There would be ads like constantly every single like late night. There would be ads for this thing called the Flowbee that was like. Uh, an attachment that you put on your vacuum cleaner that would cut hair and at the same time the vacuum would suck it up so there's no not only would it cut hair there'd be no mess wow 
You know what a TV is, right? Television? <laughs> no, it was before my time. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, honestly, I just want to know how, like, I haven't read anything about how this documentary came about. Obviously, it comes after the book. Um, and it was, uh, you know, you work with Spike on, on turning this live show presentation into a documentary. How did, how did those conversations start? Um, well, there, there, it's like you said, it did start with the book, um, cause the book was coming out and then Adam and I were faced with this thing of like, oh shit, we've got to go out and promote this book. Are, are we going to go and sit in like a bunch of, uh, bookstores with like blazers on and try to pretend that, um, we're real authors that probably wouldn't be good look and so we started talking to each other like what what would you know kind of what what would be a different way that we could present it and then uh and then we talked with spike as well at, at that time i forget i just happened to like kind of i think i was meeting up with him anyway since that's that's the nice thing of having talented people that are your friends also and then we were just talking about we, we all kind of like spun this idea out of like well what if we we kind of make it a little bit of a show. We pick out the, the places of, of the, the book or the stories within the book um, that will basically tell work as a story uh, um, as a whole. So like the first iterations of the show, we, like, we, we were in New York and Brooklyn and LA and San Francisco and London. But, and that, 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 that first iteration of those shows was kind of like, I think the closest to the book, right? Because we really were more just taking passages of the book and doing a little bit of rewriting to try to make it work as a whole. And then I guess we kind of found like, wow, that that actually seemed to work well. Like, we were, and and it also trying to check the boxes. I think for Adam and I, like something we've always done as the band is, and and we think of Yauk a lot in that too, is this thing of challenging ourselves or or being being put in a place where we're kind of pretty uncomfortable. <laughs> like awkward uncomfortable so so it kind of checked that box of like being something that we haven't done before and then i don't know the response seemed good and so then spike kind of got back together with us and said like hey we should really film this and like well i know that you guys have already done these shows but we should really film it properly we should really rewrite it so we really need to really film it properly and, and do it so then so yeah, that was one iteration then the next phase was us getting together with Spike and and uh, to some degree like Jeff Buchanan, our editor, and Amanda, our writing partner, and just kind of like writing and rewriting um, <clears throat> every day with the goal of like kind of making it work a little bit better as a show that Spike was gonna film. And then we then we went to Philadelphia, did some warm ups, and went to New York, um, and then he filmed it at the uh, the King's Theater in Brooklyn. Um, and, you know, we definitely, I think, I guess, because we were filming it, we definitely, we let the shows run a bit longer. Than they, you know, they weren't perfected as shows because we knew that we were filming them. But we still thought that that was basically going to be the show. And then, like Adam has said before, like when we first saw the rough cut, like the, the started seeing the, the cut of the film, Spike already started kind of like editing other things into it because he... he and Jeff, our editor, they realized like basically it, it, the thing, it worked really well as a stage show, but why be limited to just having it be a document or, or a documentary of that stage show? Why not just 
have the film be its own um, thing that kind of has a life of its own or trajectory of its own. And I, I've certainly noticed over the past couple of weeks as, as the release date has approached, approached and in, like almost an increased anticipation for this, not only because people are excited about it, but everybody's stuck at home. So the fact that it's yeah. immediately going on a streaming platform is, is great news for everybody. Yeah, so it was it was kind of like a like a weird bittersweet thing. Like a friend had sent us, uh, I think texted both Adam and I like the pictures. I think it was it was on our Instagram too. It was like there's pictures of like this Apple did these like huge billboards that are right across from the Staples Center here in downtown LA. So it was like supposed to be like the Lakers are going to be in the playoffs, the Clippers are going to be in the playoffs. Like you were going to come out of like this arena with tens of thousands of people and then see these like billboards for this uh this like beastie boy story on apple tv plus and um now maybe just once in a while somebody will drive by um how is working on on you know over these over the past couple of years um working on the book working on the shows working on the documentary um, how is it? How has everything changed the relationship between the two of you? Um, it, it, it hasn't. We still have the same fucking love hate. <laughs> <laughs> between us, where we just like, you know, love I mean, each we, other, but can't can't wait to slam each other on the couch. I don't know what to say. We've been really, really, really close friends for almost forty years. So it's it's. It'll be like the Sunshine Boys at some point, but for now, we're really good friends still. <laughs> um, that's fair, yeah. And last thing I wanted to ask, um, you know, you've, uh, you know, you, you guys, and what I've what I've admired so much about you guys as as musicians is that you've you've always made very forward looking art, and you've spent the last couple of years completing some some very backward looking projects and uh, i'm curious where you see yourselves going going from here i mean obviously you know the the documentary is coming out in a few weeks and um that's your focus but where do you see yourself going uh beyond this point well i'm just trying to fucking stay alive right now <laughs> so maybe we can readdress this in a few months yeah there you go that's fair i think we're all right that's how i that. Yeah, that's how I answer most of my questions as well. Somebody like, what are you doing this weekend? I'm staying the fuck alive. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, surviving. Guys, uh, I really do appreciate your time. Congrats again on the project. And uh, and thanks for chatting. Um, and yeah, like I said, I've been a fan for a long time, so it's good to finally talk to you guys. And uh, I hope you're well, and I hope everything goes well with this documentary release. Thank you very Thank much. You. Be safe. Boy, oh boy, it was so cool uh, to talk to the guys, and and yeah, I don't, I definitely think we need to have a Floby resurgence. We talked about this, Keith. I I had no i I had yeah. no idea what a Floby was uh, before this exchange. That's I had, all right. Before your you, time, and you knew what it was, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I'm as old <laughs> as the Beastie Boys. That's the thing. All right. Well, may, well actually, I think I mean I I'm definitely younger than the Beastie Boys because I want to I want to point out to the listeners that. The first two albums I bought with my own money, where I picked out the albums and it was my own money, was 
Run DMC is Raising Hell and Licensed to Ill by the Beastie Boys. Look at that. Yeah. So they are definitely older than I am, but, you know, not a whole lot. Maybe like, what, 10 years older than me? I don't know, something (laughs) like that. Love it. Yeah. Thank you again to the Beastie Boys. All right. Now it's time for the Chart Stat of the Week. Twenty-five years ago this week, Live's Throwing Copper hit number one on the Billboard 200 Albums chart after a leisurely 52-week climb to number one. Now, the rock album Stroll to number one is one of the slowest rises to the top in chart history and one of the very few examples of a number one album taking a year to get to number one. Others include Paula Abdul's Forever Your Girl and Fleetwood Mac's self-titled album. Throwing Copper was released uh, in April of 1994 and was led by the single Selling the Drama. Four more rock hits followed from the set, including the crossover smash Lightning Crashes, which was a fixture on MTV and VH1 at the time, back when both networks could change the fortunes of an artist's career by placing a video in heavy rotation. Now, the band continued to release music after Throwing Copper, of course, and today, You can catch the group uh, still touring, though, of course, not right at this moment because of pandemic. But in 2021, you can watch for the band to tour Australia with two other rock bands with a grip of hits from the 1990s, Bush and Stone Temple Pilots. So there you have it. 25 years ago this week, Live's Throwing Copper at number one on the Billboard 200 chart. All right, we have reached the end of our big back, back, back with Jason show, reunited, and it feels so good. Um, any parting words, Jason? Uh, two quick things. First of all, Live's single "Lightning Crashes" rules. Uh, it is a great karaoke song. Just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> okay. Um, and second of all, uh, happy to be back, Keith. Wow, we uh, we started this podcast together in 2013. Here in 2020, we're we're living the dream. So thanks for having me back. Uh, so what song should we go out on? You, it's your pick. I got a good one. Uh, we were talking about remixes and how this is kind of like the remixed version of Pop Shop. So let's go out on New Kids on the Blocks remix, parentheses, I like the. I Great love song. this track. If you haven't seen the video, go watch the video. It is so good. See you guys next time. See ya. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.